Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him. And gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron before was Kirjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakim, and the land had rest from war. You may be seated. Good morning. Greetings in Christ's name this morning. Many people in our world today are leaving the Christian faith. Over the last decade or so, the percentage of those who call themselves Christians has dropped down by 12%. More and more people are saying that they have no religion. Why are people making this change? What is happening to people's faith in our Lord Jesus Christ? Why are they rejecting God, his word, and his promises. Why did they not want any part of Christianity? In the Old Testament, there is a story of a group of people who went from following God, who led them out of slavery and bondage, and they went to wanting to kill their leaders with stones and move back to Egypt and give themselves back over to the Egyptians, back to slavery back to bondage. But God intervened and saved the leaders. As we may know, the leaders are Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. This morning, I want to especially look at the life of Caleb, especially at the one phrase that is said about him, that he wholly followed the Lord. Are you and I wholly following the Lord? Or are we partly following the Lord? If someone would look at your life today and give a description of it, what would they say about it? Would they say that you are wholly following the Lord? Or is it only a part-time following Him? This morning I want to look at how we can wholly follow the Lord. 
by looking into the life of Caleb. The phrase holy following the Lord is mentioned six times in connection with Caleb. And nearly every time that Caleb is mentioned, it has that phrase in there, holy following the Lord. And just to read some of those verses, Joshua, actually Nate just read some, two of those verses, Joshua 14, 8. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And verse 9, Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And then also in verse 14, Hebron, Therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. There were three different witnesses that said that Caleb wholly followed the Lord. Caleb said it of himself, that he wholly followed the Lord. We see that in um, this chapter, in chapter 14. And this was not something that was a sinful boast. This was his testimony. This was what he was experiencing in his life. What can you say about your life yesterday, this past week, this past month? Are you wholly following the Lord? Another witness was Moses said it of Caleb that he wholly followed the Lord when we are wholly following the Lord, those around us will be able to see it, take notice of it. It can be easy, though, to deceive people that we are following the Lord, except for those closest to us. It comes out whom we are serving. Is it the Lord or is it someone else? What do your friends say about you? Do they say that you're wholly following the Lord? Or what does your spouse say about you? Do they say that you're wholly following the Lord? Another witness that witnessed Caleb fully following the Lord was God. God said it of him. God is the one who knows the hearts of all men. What did he say about you, about me? Are we following him like we should? So what does it mean to wholly follow the Lord? It means to completely follow after, to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. It is having an obedient spirit and consistent faith, believing in God and his promises, that he will do what he says that he will do. Every Christian should have the desire to wholly follow the Lord, to live in obedience to God and his word. This is what Caleb did. What about us? Do we do it when it's convenient or do we do it all the time? Turn with me to Numbers 14 or 13. I'll pick out a couple points um, out of 13 and 14. Go over the story a little bit. So the children of Israel were traveling um, from Egypt up to the land of Canaan um, in beginning of chapter 13, for about one year. Like I said, they were leaving behind um, in the land of Egypt, slavery and bondage. And they were going to the land of Canaan that was flowing with milk and honey. 
And this land that they were going to is, was something that was promised um, to Moses. God promised it to Moses. And we see that in Exodus 3. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing of milk and honey and unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Parasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Notice what God says that he will do. He will deliver them and he will bring them up. Not only did God promise it to Moses, but God also promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Genesis 13, it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After, the lot, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up thy, now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. This that God was telling Abraham was the land of Canaan. God promised it to give it to Abraham and his seed forever. Let's look now at the spies um, there in chapter number 13. The children of Israel arrived at the edge of the land of Canaan, and God told them to search out the land. And we see that Moses picked out 12 men, one from each tribe, and they were to search out the land to see, and there was three different things that God told them to check out the land to see. First one was to see if the people are strong or weak, to see how many people were there. The second thing they were supposed to see, they were supposed to check out the land. Is it good or bad? They were supposed to see if it, if it was fat or lean, to see whether there is wood or not. And the third thing that they were supposed to see is if the cities that these people dwell in, is it in tents or is it in strongholds? So the spies, they went out and they searched the land and they returned back for, after 40 days. Let's look at their report. They came back with a good report that the land does flow with milk and honey. They brought back bunches of grapes that were so big that it took two men to carry with a staff. They also brought back pomegranates and figs. The report was good until they said, nevertheless, in verse 28. They said, nevertheless, the people were strong. The cities have had walls around them. And these walls were not just small stone fences that we see around here sometimes. Their walls were very great. And in Deuteronomy 1, it says that the walls reached to heaven. And around these walls, there was also small towns to protect the city. Another thing that they said that they saw, the children of Anak were there. What was it about the children of Anak? They came from giants. They were giants. Their parents were giants. They were all giants. The spies felt like grasshoppers in their sight. And to the giants, they looked at them like they were grasshoppers. Another thing that they said was that in verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land 
of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And they said that we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us. What was the result of their report? The children of Israel, as we see, complained to Moses and Aaron. They said that it would have been better to die in the land of Egypt or to die in the wilderness than to go into that land. They wanted to pick another leader to return to Egypt, back to the land of bondage and slavery. But not all the 12 spies agreed with the report. There were two men that disagreed with the others, and we know them to be Caleb and Joshua. They said that we are well able to overcome it. They said if the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. These men had great faith. They believed God. They had courage. Let's look at the punishment of the children of Israel. And we see that going into um, chapter 14. The whole congregation took stones that they, should, that they could stone Caleb, Joshua, Moses, and Aaron. But God intervened and saved these four men. God wanted to destroy the people and make a greater nation from Moses. But Moses intervened and God forgave the Israelites. But because of their sin, the children of Israel, except for Caleb and Joshua, would not see the land that was promised to Abraham. They were to turn away from the land of Canaan and dwell in their wilderness for 40 years. They got what they wished for. They were all going to die in the wilderness. They will wander around in the wilderness until they all die. And it was then their children that would enter Canaan. The children that they claimed would be a prey if they fight against them. And we see that in verse 3 of chapter 14. So what made Caleb and Joshua different? Especially Caleb, since we were talking about holy following the Lord. What made him different? Well, first we see that Caleb had a different spirit. Or had another spirit than the ten spies. And we see that in verse 24 of chapter 14. Caleb was controlled differently than the ten spies. Who was controlling him? I think God was controlling him. Instead of complaining, God or Caleb looked to God to overcome the obstacle that they were facing. facing. Instead of fear of what was in front of him, he trusted in God. If we want to wholly follow the Lord, we too need to have a different spirit in our lives. I'm going to read from Romans 8, 1 to 5. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide us and to direct us. And we see the results when the Holy Spirit enters into our life. It frees us from the law of sin and death. I think the ten spies were controlled by the law of sin and death, while Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. They were controlled by God. Is there a different spirit in your own life than that what the world has? What are you pursuing after? Are you pursuing after the things of the flesh or after the things of the spirit? Are we wholly following the Lord? Let's look at Caleb's faith a little bit. Caleb was born approximately 20 years prior to the exodus from Egypt, is what people were saying. But from, from someone, he was taught about what God had promised to Abraham and even to Moses. How God would give him Abraham's seed, the land of Canaan. So in what ways did Caleb show the people that he believed God and his promises and then also trusted in him if we look at this story? But after the ten spies gave their bad report, Caleb stilled the people and said, let us go up at once. He didn't try to organize a committee meeting to discuss the situation. He didn't try to figure out the timing see if it was right. He didn't, he didn't try to make sure that they had enough manpower, although he already knew what the outcome would be. He told the people, let us go up at once. Let us go fight them now. There was no delay in his obedience. He wanted to get it over with now. What about us? Do we delay in obeying God do we stall in doing what is right? Or do you want to go back to Egypt or back to the world where there is sin, slavery, and bondage? The longer the delay is doing the longer the delay in doing what is right, the harder it is to make it right. Another way that we can see about his faith, Caleb's faith, is when he said he also said that we are able to overcome the land. Is that exactly what he said? I left out the word well. No, he said that we are well able to overcome the land. Caleb trusted in God. Caleb knew the promises of God. He also knew that if God said it, he would do it. There was no doubt in his mind. What about us? If we want to wholly follow the Lord, we need to have the faith that Caleb had. We have the scriptures in our hands. We can see what God has promised. Do we believe? There may be difficult situations that come up in our lives, whether it is a physical ailment, whether it's a relationship struggles, whether it's fear about the unknown whether it's in your own life, personal life, or even about the future in our country or whatever it may be. There are promises in Scripture 
that we can hang on to that will help us overcome our fears and problems. These promises will help us to win. Another act of faith that Caleb had. Caleb didn't allow fear to control him. Notice what made the ten spies fearful. They were fearful because of the cities. The cities are walled and very great. And they were fearful because the children of Anak are there. They were fearful because the people are stronger than them. And they felt like grasshoppers to them. Caleb didn't show any signs of fear. When Caleb saw the situation, all that he saw was God in full control. He didn't focus on the giants that lived there. The ten spies, however, were looking at it from a human perspective instead of from God's perspective. The ten spies were ruled by fear. Therefore, they didn't have the courage to wholly follow the Lord. Psalms 56.3 says, What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. When we wholly follow the Lord, we will trust in God when we are afraid. There's another example of someone looking at a situation in, in, in a human perspective versus God's. And we see that in Elijah and Elisha and his servant. And that was in 2 Kings 6, 13 to 17. And this was when the Syrian army was coming after Elisha because Elisha was ruining their plan to attack Israel. And I'm going to read um, 2 Kings 6, 13 to 17. And right away the king of Syria is talking. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent... He thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Elisha's servant was afraid when he saw the situation in his own human eyes. But when God opened his eyes, everything changed. He had the faith. He had the courage because he knew God was with them. Courage is not necessarily the absence of fear, but courage is the confidence in God and his word. Caleb had the courage to stand up for what was right, even though he was in the minority. Many times, that is what it takes to stand up for what is right, even when the majority rules. David also showed courage when he went up against Goliath because he knew God was with him. He had courage instead of fear. I'm going to read verse 41 to 47 in 1 Samuel 17. 
And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." With God on David's side, it made all the difference when he came against Goliath. David knew that God would give him the victory. And we can know as well, God will give us the victory, the obstacles, the things to come our way. Another sign of true faith that Caleb had is that he was steadfast when Caleb and Joshua and the ten spies were going back and forth with their discussion, whether they can go up against, against them, Caleb stood firm in his belief of what God could do. He didn't waver in his belief, even though he had great opposition against him. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Caleb was steadfast. He was unmovable. He was fixed. He was settled in his belief, in his faith in God. Also, I'm going to read from James 1, 5 to 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And that shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his, wife, in all his ways. The ten spies had a double-minded mind. They, were, they had doubt in God. And they were like a sea, like the wave in the sea, rising the one moment and sinking the next. One moment he believes, the next moment he does not. If we want to wholly follow the Lord, we need to be steadfast. We need to be unmovable. Another example of someone being steadfast is Daniel and his and his friends, they were steadfast. We see in the first chapter of Daniel, when Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat and his wine. He stood firm. He wasn't going to partake of it. Also, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down before the image, they too were firm on what they believed in. They were settled. And I really like their answer that they gave to the king um, in Daniel 3, 16 to 18. O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. 
If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They were steadfast, no matter what happened to them. So are you, am I, wholly following the Lord? Are we steadfast? Are we unmovable? Let's look at Caleb's faithfulness until the end. Um, and we see that in the chapter that um, Nate read this morning, Joshua 14. So after the children of Israel had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, they were ready to enter into the land of Canaan. Caleb was 85 at that time when they went in to take over the land. But we notice what Caleb said. He said that he is strong. He is as strong as when he was at 40, 45 years before when he went to spy out the land. Usually at the age of 85, many people are thinking about slowing down. But not Caleb. He had work to do. I'm going to read again um, verses 11 and 12 of Joshua 14. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the land that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Caleb wanted the mountain, which was called Hebron. And if you know anything about mountains, it is hard to climb. Climb up, let alone try to attack the enemy. What else do we know? Who was Caleb fighting against? It was the Anakims. And remember what I said about the Anakims? They were the giants of the land. It seemed like Caleb went for the hardest task. But he wholly followed the Lord. He had faith in God. He knew that God was with him. If we look at Caleb's life, we can see that he was energized. He was enthusiastic about his assignment. His old age wasn't going to stop him. And also, I don't know if he wanted the mountain because the land of Hebron was a special land because Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, and Rebekah were buried there. If we look in Joshua 15, we can see that Caleb drove out, drove out his enemies. There was no more enemies, no more of his enemies there in the land. He had complete victory. But if you look at some of the later chapters in Joshua and some of the other tribes, you notice that some of them had their failures in driving out their enemies. Joshua 15:63. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem unto this day. Also another tribe, tribe of Ephraim, Joshua 16.10. And they drave not out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer. But the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites unto this day and serve under tribute. 
also another tribe, Joshua 17, 12. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. The people that they didn't drive out became a thorn to them. The Israelites always had to deal with them because they failed to drive them out. But Caleb was successful in his mission. He drove out the enemies in his land. Also another thing, um, because Caleb wholly followed the Lord, we see this in Numbers 14.24, it affected his seed, his children. I'm going to read verse Numbers 14.24, but but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein too he went, and his seed shall possess it. Because of Caleb's faithfulness to God, his children reaped the blessings of his decision. What we do and how we follow the Lord today will have an impact on our children. So are you wholly following the Lord? Are you living in fear and doubt? Turn back, repent, if you're not wholly following the Lord. Rest in the promises of God's word. Are you courageously standing for the truth, for what is right, even when everyone else around us is going the opposite direction? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's kneel to pray.